0: You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein. Today's episode of Man and Beast. Well, a couple of years ago, you know, um, I was stuck without a girlfriend. And, uh, you know, he's looking for one. And, and it, I mean, it's hard, you know, but, you know, you, you, you try to work out and dress better. And other than that, there's much you can really do. You know, I kind of got tired of advice from friends. You know, like one friend told me to stop cleaning my apartment and, uh, because he said, if, uh, if they see that you live like an animal, they're going to assume that you, mm, like an animal. And, uh... Me, what was that? Mm. Yeah. What was that? Oh, I, I tried to bleep it out. Good job. Is that good?
1: It makes my life easier. The word was... Yeah, that, well, that we're going to have to beep out.
0: Sorry about that. Um... Continue. And anyways, you know, so I lived like an animal. That didn't do, you know, that's kinda of was kind of gross. And, um... I mean, the guys. You know, you're we're always kind of looking for a way to seduce women without having to talk to them.
1: And then you didn't want to talk to them because
0: because it's hard. It's hard to talk to them sometimes, you know. And 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 I've always believed that the biggest liar in the world is the person who said just be yourself. So uh, I went online for some help, and I came across uh, this this pop up ad for um, for uh, like a, a pheromone water, or pheromone, a vial of pheromones or something, right? So I found out the pheromones are, are, I don't know, little things that everyone has and it's, they, you know, they give off odors and, and these people were selling um, this potion of pheromones which, if you put it on you, mm-hmm. um, it'll make you smell like an animal, I guess, and um, And this is a good thing? Well, I think these scientists were telling us that we, you know, we have other senses. Like our sense of smell is, is, is extremely powerful when it comes to attraction,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that's what intrigued me about it. And um, and you know, I knew it was a little bit hocus pocus stuff here. You know, they didn't want to sell stuff, but I tried it. I was willing to try anything at this point. So I ordered some stuff and came, you know, in various size bottles. I ordered the smallest. Came in the mail and uh and i was skeptical i'll be honest but I, you know again you know I, even if there's that one percent possibility that it works there's still that one percent possibility one percent means you're in the race you know and i wanted to be in the race and 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 what did this stuff smell like it smelled like old spice to be honest you know so i put it on and uh i went Pfft. i smelled myself mm-hmm. and uh, i wasn't turned on so i said all right it's I, I don't know if it's working but uh you know it's it but it smelled like old spice you know uh, old spice is like like in the back, you can smell like freshly cut grass, hmm. sort of, you know? So like
1: echoes of, of nature.
0: A little bit. And I was disappointed with that because I didn't want to smell like nature. I wanted to smell like like uh, good-looking humans, mm-hmm. like the sweat of athletes and wrestlers and stuff, you know, because uh, I had the wrong sweat, apparently. Hmm. That's why I was single. I fear this pheromone stuff is going to help me close, close the deal. You ever heard of that expression? Uh I, I it's a business expression, but it applies to relationships sometimes, especially sexual ones. Close the deal. So I figured this cologne pheromone, cologne bottle potion stuff is gonna it's gonna take me to the next level. This one girl who I I I, I, uh, I, I was a little bit infatuated with her name is Lacey. She left a very strong impression on me the first time I ever met her. I, mm-hmm. I was walking down the street with uh, just a couple of friends, and she was with a couple of friends, and, and I, I was introduced to her. And she was eating she was eating um, this chopped liver sandwich at the time on the street. And um, I've never met a girl who's eaten chopped liver before, and uh, I always thought she was uh, kind of down to earth because of that. And uh, I liked her right away,
1: right away. And, and when you bought this stuff, was she was she sort of the one that you that you had
0: in the back of your mind? Is... Probably a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Friends of mine were having a party, and I, I, I just knew Lacey was going to be there because she spends with them too, and um, I couldn't tell you how excited I was. You know, finally, I, I knew I knew Lacey was going to be someplace, um, and I was going to that place, and I was going to be ready. And by ready, you mean you were going to? I was gonna, I was gonna get pheromoned up. And uh, and we walked in, you know, carrying our tacky six packs, and and uh, and then the first person I saw was her. There she was, right there. And then and then, and, and, and just kind of by accident, you know, she uh, she kind of was standing next to me, and, and uh, she just turns to me, and we started talking, and it was we 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 ended up talking all night, and it was just it was wow. wonderful. It was it was, uh, it was such a perfect moment. we we, we, we talked for hours. At the end of the night, to make a long story short, um, she gave me her phone number. I really? Didn't, I, yeah. I didn't even have to ask. She just gave it to me. And um, and I actually showed it to a friend of mine, and he confirmed that it was her number.
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. um, her, her her like her name wasn't on it. It was just like the number. And I said, whose number is this? I went up to a friend um, who knows her very well. He goes, that's, uh, that's Lacey's phone number. Hmm. And, he, and he said, where'd you find it? And I said, she gave it to me. And he just kind of looked at me, and he had this look of admiration on his face, um, which he, he, you know, he'd never given me before, and that kind of felt good. It
1: must have been really nice,
0: yeah. It was nice. It was nice. I got home um, glowing. Mm-hmm. I was like a walking sunrise. I swear to God, I was so happy. I woke up the, I woke up the next day, and I must have stared at her phone number for about two hours, just. just it's so excited about the possibilities and
1: did you did you could tell me did you actually sleep with her phone number in your bed
0: it was in my pocket and i just i I think i fell asleep with my jeans on anyway so i guess in a way i did sleep with her phone number Mm -hmm. um and um i was just about to phone her and 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 and, you know make plans for either that night or something and then i opened my drawer and i kind of realized i was i was i was i was i was was out of the pheromone stuff i know that sounds ridiculous but there is you know there was, I, I just, you know, I had to either order some right away or knock on someone's door and, and what, borrow a cup of pheromones? For, for it's this.
1: not easily done, I guess, yeah.
0: And um, I placed an order for the pheromones as quickly as possible. I paid an extra $30 for uh, express uh, shipping, and uh, and I just tried to hold her off for a couple of days, and it's okay, maybe if I don't call her two days, that should be fine, and I phoned her number finally, and she wasn't there. And I left a very mousy message on her machine. I, I, I honestly felt like I was auditioning for the part of Little Orphan Annie. I was so mousy, and and um, and I didn't leave. And I didn't leave my phone number on her message uh, purposefully, so she could just call me back and and go now. Let's meet now, because there was no way I could meet her now without the pheromone. Oh yeah, no. There's no way. There's no way. The stuff never arrived, um, and uh, upon doing a little bit of research on this, I uh, I found that the company went out of business, and um, I couldn't. Uh, I kept putting it off, call you know, just getting together with her and calling her, and, and a couple months went by, and
1: you didn't you you waited months before
0: calling her? Well, well I mean, what else was I supposed to do?
1: I mean, don't you remember, like, you, you, I mean, you were so incredulous that, that, fair, that this pheromone stuff actually worked, that it was a lot of hocus-pocus, and now you're telling me that you were so convinced that you were nothing without it that you never even called her, you never even wanted to try?
0: I'll be honest. If, if, if I did see her again without all the stuff and, and trying to use my own little personality to, I don't know, or to attract her, um, I'd be bound for disappointment. And, uh, so how do you know that? I mean, how do I know that? How could you have known that? Well, I have a whole history of stuff like this, and why would stuff change magically out of like all all of a sudden?
1: Do you, do you know the story of uh, of Dumbo the elephant?
0: I know who he is.
1: Well, his story, Dumbo the elephant story, was that um, he was an elephant who had very very large ears yeah. that he used as wings to fly, and he felt the only way that he could really fly. It was not by his own power, but by this magical little feather that he would keep curled up in his trunk with this feather. That's what made him fly? That would be the thing that would allow him to fly until one day he realized that he didn't need the feather, that he was able to fly on his own. So do you see, do you see what I'm getting at here?
0: So where did he fly to? Does he, I mean, does he, does he get the girl? Does he get the, the, the girl elephant? Where does he fly to? So he flies?
1: You're, yes. If, well, that's, because
0: of his big ears, right?
1: Yes, because of his big ears and not because of the feather. I'm making an analogy. Do you see a connection between Dumbo's story and your story?
0: No, I don't see that at all.
1: Okay, do do, do you see a connection between the feather? My life
0: is not a Walt Disney tale.
1: No, but I think there's something to be learned uh, from the story of Dumbo. Do you see the connection between your use of the pheromone and Dumbo's use of the feather?
0: Yeah, but you said the feather didn't work. The pheromones did work. I don't see the analogy one works one doesn't work this
1: is what I'm trying to make you see that maybe you got her on your own power that had nothing to do with the pheromone just the way that Dumbo was able to fly and he didn't need the feather
0: no 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 no. I don't have any power it's not a movie you never saw her again I couldn't you know she remains she remains a little fantasy in my head sometimes it's just nice not knowing what could have happened. And this, it's just nice just imagining it.
1: Really? What do you imagine?
0: Well, she and I are very happy together. She's holding my hand right now as I'm talking to you. That's all in my head. At her six-month mark in my head, um, I told her about the pheromones, and she laughed and laughed and laughed and, and, and said, you know, she just thought I was a cool guy, and, and, uh, and then we made love for a week. And then everything like worked out okay and stuff, and she didn't even get angry or something like that. She thought it was just so silly. Um, But I knew in, in in real life that wouldn't happen. So you never
1: needed the pheromone
0: in your head. In my head. In your head. In my head.
2: The story because I had to find a way to to uh, to start laughing at it because when it happened I didn't I didn't laugh at all and um, I only started to appreciate it after I started telling it to people I guess it kind of marked pretty much the end of, of my relationship with, with Susan my last girlfriend
1: uh-huh.
2: we've been going out for about four years and 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 I, I, the relationship was on its last legs. And and had been for 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 pretty much about a year. Susan is uh uh, an animal an animal uh, enthusiast lover. Is always trying to save something. She's always online looking for rescue animals that that she obviously she can't possibly rescue any of them, actually, you know, or or maybe one or two, but uh, she's obsessed with it, and um, there was a couple that we knew that about a year ago, or maybe a year and a half ago, they got a pot-bellied pig, a baby pot-bellied pig.
1: Are they farmers?
2: No, no, they're just like regular city folk. One of them had a head shop here in Ottawa, Mm -hmm. Uh, just like, you know, seamsters, and I guess like my first reaction was, that that's kind of, I don't know, that's kind of stupid, you don't bring a pig home to the city, to a house. It just seemed like kind of a seamstir thing to do, you know? Like, hey, I got a pig. But So they got a pig, and it was really cute, and uh, they showed me pictures and it convinced me that it was pretty, you know, smart and fun and, and it was okay running around the house and in their yard and stuff like that.
1: What was the pig's name?
2: The pig's name was Warren. I was Warren Beatty. Warren. Nothing was heard from the pig or the couple for a while, and then there, were, there was some rumbling that started talking to them, and, like, well, it's not going so well, you know, he's ruining the place, and he's out of control, and all this stuff. And, and, you know, before long, Susan was on the case to make sure that he found a good home and had a happy life. She called around and found a place, an animal sanctuary outside of Montreal, and they were like, yes, of course, bring the pig, you know, and, and so Susan made arrangements to bring the pig there. I know what's about to happen and I don't want to have anything to do with it. And of course I'm approached to to do the to do the job to drive this pig to Montreal. In your car, in my car. And I know I know at this point in, in my heart, in my gut that I'm going to be doing this. Um, because you can't get in Susan's way when she's trying to save an animal. That she's unstoppable and and to, in my mind it was very clear, you know, drive with pig to Montreal or deal with the the repercussions of not doing that for about a week
1: give me a sense of uh how big this pig is like how much does it weigh
2: 250 pounds hmm uh, it's a pot pig it's not like a big ass sort of you know regular pork pig mm-hmm. and he was just kind of like you know like, kind of like a children's book pig hmm. and um hairy you know like he's kind of a hair pot pigs pig are kind of they have, they have they have fur are they pink no they're kind of brown said okay let's put the pig in the cage and let's go do it and um uh within a couple of minutes realized the cage was not going to fit in my car There was no way um so like okay well we'll just put the pig in you know we'll cover the back seat with garbage bags and and whatever and it'll be fine and at this point i'm just not thinking let's just get this over with let's just get the pig in the car let's drive let's go um so we did recover the back seat and we started to drive the first 20 minutes were kind of all right the pig was just kind of hanging out in the back you know just uh, susan was feeding him uh, and, and petting him and, and everything was and everything was fine and then about well, probably about 45 minutes into it the pig started to get more and more agitated. We ran out of food. We had to stop and get some more food. We got like a big big bag of birdseed and, uh, and just a couple of other varieties of dog biscuits and whatever. We stopped at places. They didn't have pig food, per se, because people don't usually keep pigs. Yeah. We we're driving, and, and I, I'm starting to realize that, we're both starting to realize that Warren, the pig, is, is getting more and more agitated. Like, he's not happy. Uh, he's getting really restless. He's becoming less and less interested in the food uh, he 's getting more and more persistent <laughs> about getting up to the front seat and at this point, I can sense the pig 's head popping out over my right shoulder, sort of snapping and trying to get over my left shoulder like you know with the, the window and then back over my right shoulder and snapping and Susan was full had a full body hold on it, trying to keep it away from me and this is where the thing really started to turn into something else. Um, I mean, you're, you're in a situation like that with somebody. I suppose the kind of mature adult um, useful thing to do would be to accept that you're in a situation. But um, I, was not, uh, I was not happy. I let it be known. Uh, and most importantly and most significantly for Susan, I was not laughing. Because after a certain point, she started to find it funny. Like most people do. Most people start to find the story funny around this point, even, even sooner. I didn't find it funny at all. It was like, the more she laughed, The more funny she found it, the more upset and angry I got. So she had the pig to deal with, and then I guess, you know, she uh, she had me to deal with. Finally, I came up with the idea that what we needed was a barricade. To put between us and the pig. To keep the pig in the back seat, to keep us from getting hurt. Whatever happened to the back of the car happened at this point, was we're in survival mode. We're driving around behind strip malls looking for a big piece of cardboard. Finally, we found what looked like something that a, a refrigerator had been in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I grabbed it, it was soaked in garbage, and it was, we were raining that day. And I opened the car door. Susan was holding the pig back with all her strength. And I jammed this. This, this big piece of cardboard, just slid it in like, like you know, the magicians slide, you know, when they cut people in half, just slid it into the car with all my strength, as far as it could go, and I closed the door and uh, got into the driver's seat, and it worked. <laughs> and the funny thing is, he didn't even fight. As soon as the barricade went up, he just gave up. So we drove the rest of the way to the farm and uh, cut him loose. And he joined his brothers and sisters, his new brothers and sisters, which were these gigantic, fat, hot-bellied pigs. Which I guess, in, in in a short time, he would be, he'd be like them.
1: And was that? I mean, was that like a beautiful moment?
2: I wouldn't say it was beautiful. I felt relief that the pig was out of my car. I felt it is good that this guy Warren got got saved from you know from being pork chops or whatever and um and of course i, I started to calm down because a whole, whole part of this is that I, when i start to get agitated i'll get more and more agitated beyond what you know the situation deserves or, or calls for Up within a month of this incident
1: do you think that this was the um the star that broke the camel's back for susan
2: she actually said as much she just said i can't be with somebody who can't find the humor in the moment in something like that no matter how dangerous it is no matter how stupid or crazy or wrong it is that's not how i want to live my life
1: and when she told you that did you feel like did you feel like i could change
2: i wanted to change But I I could not possibly enjoy life as much as she does. (laughs) I think she had a point, and I think she was right about, you know, me getting too upset over that and and not seeing the humor in it. The thing about me and Susan, Susan loves it when things go wrong. Uh, Because that's when the real fun begins. That's when the real... Wackiness and zaniness and, you know, the hilarity ensues, right? And, and she just thrives on that. She, she, she just loves it. I don't. I don't. Um, I like it when things go right. I like things to be relatively under control. Um, and, and, and the thing I resented about Susan is that she, she was constantly trying to pull me into her sort of way of having fun. In a sense, Susan was trying to help me have some fun. There's no question in my mind that the way that I react to situations that I'm unhappy with, unhappy to be in, disapprove of, uh, is really, really similar to the way my father used to react to me all the time. Nick, like, how do you mean? Well, it's kind of stern, disapproving, punitive, um, you know, making me feel stupid, making me feel like, you know, you're doing stuff wrong, uh, is a better way to do things or don't do these things at all or whatever. I mean, that's, that's all my father's stuff. Um, I think the, the defining moment between me and my father was Halloween. I think I was nine, and I went to my friend Sonny's house. He lived down the street, and he had a makeup kit, and uh, he made me up. I don't know. I guess it was some combo of drag and weird clown thing and zombie. I don't know. We just, we just made it up. He made me all up, and I put on a dress, and uh, I ran out into the street, and I started knocking on everybody's door. And just like, I don't know, I guess yelling and screaming and just being, a, being an idiot. Just like, know, I'm in a costume, I'm having fun, blah, 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 running down the street. And before I knew it, I was on my door. <laughs> and I knocked on the door, and I was so, like, out of control at that point. I didn't give a I didn't care about anything. I didn't care uh, that I was knocking on my door my father answered the door. And uh, it was like a moment of shock. And he grabbed me and pulled me in and, and just, like, started smacking me. Uh, Because I was embarrassing him, because I was doing something completely stupid and embarrassing and having fun. I think that I'm, I'm more aware now of the fact that I can make a choice to move towards something that promises to be a better story than something else. If you try to control everything and, okay, this is going to work out that way, you break up with people and you, you know, the, that friend is too much of a hassle and just crazy. and can't spend three hours on the phone every two days, blah, blah, blah. After a while, you, you cut everything out of your life and then, um, you get lonely and bored. And, uh, I have fewer and fewer stories to tell. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, what do you do when you don't have enough stories to tell? Is you go looking for trouble. Yes, sir. Well, I'm just like, Wandering around at night, you know, walking by bars, looking for people to pick fights with—just somebody that will annoy me or irritate me.
1: But wouldn't wouldn't it mean more like allowing yourself to kind of stumble into zany situations? Like getting getting into a fist fight on the street doesn't doesn't seem zany. No, it's not zany. It's not zany at all.
2: It's stupid. Yeah. Um. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to back it up. It's a problem that I have. Um it is one reaction the thing is you know like it, it's more the possibility than the actual because if I pick a fight you know I, I, get, you know, I get hurt mm-hmm. you know and it's like I don't want to get hurt street fights suck they're they're, they're not fun at all <laughs> you know but it's like the anticipation the kind of channeling of my anger into an appropriate receptacle well, he looks good hanging hang around and see what he's saying, you know, and he just sees a good, you know, it's just like, it, 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 it's, a, it's a bringing to bear my frustration onto an outside thing that deserves, you know, to have, have my fury unleashed upon it.
1: Do you, do you miss Susan?
2: I do. Uh, I just miss, I miss her because I was close to her. And I love her, and I think she's a wonderful person. I I love the way she dealt with people, and I love the way she was. Um, and I wanted I wanted to absorb some of that. I wanted some of that to rub off on me. I want some of that.
1: And did you get it? Yeah, some of that. What do you, What do you think that she that she saw in you that you know that that was alluring
2: to her? Um. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I was another animal for her to save.
0: Wiretap today you heard John Tucker and Tony Azimakopoulos. Wiretap is written and performed by Jonathan Goldstein, and produced by Jonathan Goldstein with Sarah Gilbert and Carolyn Warren. You can reach us by email at wiretap at cvc.ca.